0: Welcome to Pursuit Church Mornington podcast with Pastor Brian Carden. The message you are about to hear will help you build your faith in Christ and grow in the knowledge of His will. Let's go right into the message. Today I'm going to continue on talking on labor. The past couple of weeks I've spoken about grace for the labor. Say grace. Now I'm going to continue with another idea, faith for the labor. Say Faith. I gave you good enough information on what grace is and how grace is God's part for our life. Grace is God's unmerited favor. I mean, you don't deserve it. There's nothing you can do to earn it. You can't buy it. You can't sell your soul for it. You can't do nothing for it. It is yours. Say, grace is mine. And how did grace come into your life? Through Jesus Christ. Come on. Through Jesus. But... The only way for grace to then work in your life is by faith. Say faith. Faith. So faith is our part. Say faith is my part. And so today I want to teach you on faith. It's been a while since I've taught faith. We've done faith on Wednesday nights a couple of months ago. But on a Sunday morning, I looked back at all the messages I preached. I haven't taught on faith in a long time. Now faith is always, you know, there's always a little bit of faith in the message. But I'm going to speak Specifically on faith to you today and the title of this message is faith for the labor faith for the labor and i'm not going to take long But in john chapter 6 go to john 6 John 6 if you got your phone you can go there if you got a bible you can go there if you have a notebook go ahead and write Look at this church. It's good to take notes It's hard to hear everything you can take notes and you can go back throughout the week and you can have some study time amen because, again, I'm not here just to tickle your ear, like the Bible says. I'm not here just to give you a little bit of, me- little bit of meal. No, I'm here to feed you the Word of God. Now, some of you may be child and immature in the things of God. That's fine. And the Word of God that I preach, the Holy Spirit will be able to minister to you where- right where you are today. That's the beauty of having the Holy Spirit and having the impartation of the Word of God rather than just giving information. Because sometimes you just can't chew all of information. You need it to be kind of broken down. I remember when I had Braden when he was a baby, I couldn't give him a steak. You know, we had to mush it, and it looked gross. I wouldn't eat that thing. It's the same thing I'm eating. It just didn't look right. But I had to break it down in order for him to have. It's the same way. There might be some things that may go over your head, but learn how to hear from your spirit. Learn how to hear with your ears, not your natural ears, but from your heart. Allow the word of God to deposit within you by the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen? John chapter 6, I'm going to read a few scriptures. After this, Jesus went away to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. And a large crowd was following him because they saw the signs that he was doing on the sick. Notice people are always following Jesus because of what he demonstrated, what he did. The church should have mass following because of the signs they see. This is why there's not a lot of people coming to church because there's not signs happening. Because you got churches that are dead, you got churches that have pulpits that have no fire preacher or anointing on the pulpit. Then you got dead people on the pews, and then you got dead people in the region. But let me help you. We need some old time Holy Ghost fire again. Some anointed preaching, some oracles of God that speak truth, that have a prophetic voice for the reason that God's called them in. We're not here playing games. We're not here just to build community. I'm not building community. I'm building the church. Community will follow. Our vision and purpose of this house that God's called us to, build the kingdom. Seek first the kingdom of God and all other things will be added. If I just build a community and a fellowship hall where we just have coffee and cake, well, that's all we will become. We'll talk about our life stories and we'll journey together. No, I'm here to be the church that stands against the gates of hell so they cannot prevail. This is why we lay hands on the sick and they will recover. This is why we preach the word. This is why we teach the word. This is why we equip men and women with the gospel so they can go out of the four walls and be preachers and teachers and be ministers of the gospel building the kingdom of God. That's the purpose of his church. That's why Jesus ordained his church. That's why he gave us his church. And this is why Jesus has to be the head of the church. Because if it becomes about man, and man becomes the head, well, then we get a bunch of ideas and methods and programs and things that are completely off of what God called us to do. some really good preaching. Let us not become, within our own personal view of Christ, distorted, of how we see them because of our experiences, because of how we see things. It may be where you need a transformation in your mind of how you see things when it comes to the things of God. Because within your own personal life, what are people experiencing? Are they experiencing the power of God? Are they experiencing the anointing of God that transforms them, that completely sets them free? It shouldn't just happen on a Sunday morning. It can happen at the grocery store. It can happen at the coffee shop. It can happen on the job. Oh, but I don't want to be too loud. That's not really in my nature. That's not who I am. Are you a Christian? Look at the lives that you see within the Word of God. Look at the early church fathers. Look at the Christian timeline of men and women that were bold enough, that had the audacity to stand up for truth. And in doing so, there was an anointing on their life that brought signs. God, let it happen here, where the Holy Ghost is poured out on this house, where it will cause a mass following. Jesus went up on the mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. Now the Passover, the feast of the Jews was at hand, and he, lifting up his eyes... And he saw a large crowd coming toward him. And Jesus said to one of his disciples, Philip, where are we to buy bread so that these people may eat? So Jesus, and if you read in other accounts, he was preaching. He was teaching them. They've been with him, following him. They haven't eaten. And we know that Jesus, even in Matthew 9, says that he had compassion on the people. Compassion because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So Jesus, in his compassion, he asked Philip, hey, what are we going to do? Where are we going to buy bread from so that these people can eat? I've been feeding them spiritually, but now naturally they're not, they're not doing too well. They need some food. They need some sustenance. And it says that he said this to test Philip, for he knew himself what he would do. He knew how Philip was going to answer Let me help you today. God knows every single thing that you're going to respond to him in. And he knows how you're going to do it. But he still will test you. He still will challenge you. He still will cause you to come out from where you are. He will cause you where you're comfortable to become uncomfortable. He will. Every time. He's not worried about the state of your comfortability. He's just not. He wants you to commit your ways to him And in doing so, you will have to become uncomfortable in your life when it comes to Christ. You will have to die to certain habits. Amen. Your personality will have to change. Your job may even have to change. You may have to quit your job and do something different. I remember when I graduated high school. I wanted to become a studio guitar player. I wanted to move to California and I wanted to play guitar recording tracks for famous musicians or famous singers and stuff. But God had other plans. God called me to preach. God called me to pastor. God called me to go to full-time ministry. And I had to receive of that and say, I'll do it. So Phil, it's being tested right now. Jesus knowing what he's going to answer. And notice how Philip answers. He doesn't answer in faith. He answers according to what they don't have or to what they do have. Listen, Philip answered him, 200 denarii worth of bread would not be enough for each of them to even get a little. Basically, this is about $40. Where he's saying, we only got about, there's only about, our only $40 wouldn't even take care of this. Six months' wages couldn't even take care of the amount of people that are here with us. That's a lot of people, isn't it? Philip answered Jesus according to what he did not have. And it's interesting because he's seen Jesus work miracles, signs, and wonders. You would think by now faith would be in him. You would think by now, well... He could have just said to Jesus, you're Jesus. What are we doing? What do I need to believe for? What do you want me to do? I'll do it. See, we read this, and how do we respond to it? We can respond to the word of God two ways. In our mind, say my mind, mind. or in my spirit. spirit. Now, put a little post-it note right here. Let's go somewhere else. We'll come back to this. We'll finish this with this. 1 Corinthians 2. The central theme for today is this. I want to help you get from the place of believing and receiving the things of God from here, your mind, to get to receiving it right here, your heart. Getting the things of God will not come through here. Getting the things of God will only come from your spirit, your inner man, your heart. The Bible calls it the heart of a man. You can't understand the things of God with your mind. I'm going to prove it to you. First Corinthians chapter two, and this is Paul speaking to the Church of Corinthians or Corinth, "And I, when I came to you brothers, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony with, of God with lofty speech or wisdom. For I decided, look at that, for I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified." Now we know that Paul was a very intelligent man. He was intelligent. He was trained. He was raised. He was articulate in speech. He He could communicate really well. I can. (laughs) Dear God. But he was intelligent. And he said right here, I did not proclaiming the gospel, the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom. Natural wisdom is what he's talking about. I didn't come speaking about God from who I am as a man. Now he could have, but he didn't. And there's a lot of preachers that talk about God from just information because they read or they took some theology classes and now they think they got it all figured out. It's not information that you need. Oh, knowledge will help. Understanding will help. But you need the spirit of wisdom, which only comes by the Holy Spirit, which only comes by intimacy with God. In verse 2 it says, For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Notice he gets to a place, and there's other, even other passages where he says, everything that I have acquired, everything that I have, is nothing. Only Jesus Christ is everything. Amen. And he says in verse 3, And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom. But, say but, but. this is how the preaching came. This is how the teaching came. You Ready? Demonstration of the spirit and of power. These two things only come by walking with the Lord. This is why you got people that come to the church every single week. They come, they sit down for two hours, and they never leave set a change, save, set free. They leave the same way they came in because there's no demonstration. Come on of the spirit and of power. Every word that's said just falls on deaf ears because of the receiver, the hearer. Some people aren't even hearing in church. They're falling asleep because they're tired. But we got to get to a place where we are awake. Awake, you sleeper. Come alive to the things of Christ. How do you know that today you are alive through Jesus Christ? You're alive. But the words that Paul spoke came in demonstration in spirit and of power. Meaning that Paul has been somewhere before he preached to them. He was in a place of intimacy with God. He knew the Lord. He knew him. But it's interesting, Philip's been with Jesus this whole time. He's seen him pray, lay hands, cast demons out. Miracles. And here he is in doubt, in unbelief, not knowing what to do. He responded differently than how we see Paul respond. See, Paul is ministering to people according to the spirit that's in him. He didn't get it in here. He got it in here. Let's continue on. It says, verse five, so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. So it says, I came with this message in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, so that your faith might not be in the wisdom of men, meaning, because of what I have done. Through the Spirit of God and in the power of God, this will cause faith to grow in you. This will cause you to come to a place of belief, of confidence, and trust in God. The church has to be a place where they walk in the power of God, and the Spirit of God, so it brings men and women to faith. It only happens walking with them, It says not in the rest of the wisdom of men. But in the power of God. I guarantee you there's a lot of other people that came with their own wisdom. With their own commentary. With their own homilodical. Philosophical. Ideologies and things. That just try to. Tell them who God was. According to. The earth. According to science. According to to what we've studied and we don't see what you see and their arrogance and their pride. The very thing of faith goes against the five natural senses. It contradicts every single natural sense that you have in your flesh. If faith is seen or used by the natural senses, then it's not faith at all. What good is faith if you can see it, taste it, touch it, hear it, feel it? Can anybody here tell me today without the word of God how you're born again? No. This is why the understanding of being born again and saved is foolish to an unbeliever. They don't get it. Even Nicodemus had a hard time understanding what it meant to be saved. And Jesus said, well, you feel the wind, don't you? You don't know where it comes from. Can you tell me where the wind comes from? No, it just is. It's there. See, there are some things that you have to be careful on how you debate or talk about to an unbeliever. If you go in there trying to debate and trying to argue, good luck. I've never seen anyone turn to God because of a, 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 a conversation that was with anger and frustration. It won't work. It always has to be done in love and then also motivated by the Holy Spirit because he'll give you the words to say. I've seen times of my father and even in my own life where I've ministered to people and I knew in the spirit what was going on in their life. And God gave me a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom for that person and they were shocked. And they were, how did you even know those things? It's Because of the spirit of God. See, if you rely on the spirit of God, it's amazing what God will lead you to do. It's amazing how he will talk for you rather than you talking from your own intellect and your own understanding. Because in reality, we don't know how to talk well. I don't care how great of a communicator you are or how well-versed you are or how knowledgeable or intelligible you are. Without the Holy Ghost, you're nothing. Verse 6 says, yet among the mature, we do not impart wisdom. Although it is not wisdom of this age or the rulers of this age who are doomed to pass away, Come speaking of Satan. But we impart a secret and a hidden wisdom of God, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. None of the rulers of this age understood this. Look at that. No one understood this until now, for if they had, they would have been crucified, or they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. He's talking about the Pharisees. They don't understand the wisdom of God. The hidden things, the secret things because they are not spiritual people. They looked like it from the outside but on the inside, even Jesus said you don't love me. They wouldn't even accept him as the Messiah. They wouldn't accept him as being the Lord. Their heart was turned away from them and that's why they murdered him. Verse 7 says, but we impart a secret and a hidden wisdom of God, which God decreed before the ages of our glory. Who is he talking about? Who imparts it? They do. Paul. Men of God. Women of God. They impart the hidden things, the secret things. By who? The Holy Spirit. None of the rulers of this age understood this. For if they had, they would not crucify the Lord of glory. But as is written, What no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagine, what God has prepared for those who love him. Verse 10. These things God has revealed to us through where? Through where? Notice not your mind. Notice it's not a natural thing. So today, if you're trying to understand God naturally, good luck. You won't be able to. Today, if you're trying to pray in your mind and according to your mind, you'll have very little success. Today, if you're trying to worship God according to your mind, it will be challenging to grow in your worship. It will be challenging. What is worship? Is worshiping just dancing, jumping, singing, shouting? No. Worship is more than that. Worship is surrender of your life. It's surrender of your life. The Bible says, Jesus said, worship him in spirit and in truth. The only way I truly worship God is in spirit and in truth. And what truth is he talking about? The truth of who he is, the truth of his word, the truth of God. Notice this says, these things God has revealed to us through his spirit. So notice that things are revealed to us by God through the Holy Spirit. For the Holy Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. Now look, he's about to give you a little analogy. For who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person? I don't know your own thoughts. I'm not in your mind right now. But your spirit does. Your spirit knows your thoughts. Your spirit knows when you're thinking negatively When you're thinking positively, your spirit knows that when something happens, you're not acting passive-aggressive. Come on. Some of you are just aggressive. You don't need the passive part. You're just aggressive anyways. (laughs) That's you. You can get right in your heart today. I'd rather you be aggressive than passive-aggressive. Amen. Come on, anybody with me? (laughs) Amen. Just be honest. But see, only you know who you are. Only you know your thoughts. Well, look what he says right here. So also no one, no one, no great person, no scientific study, no other types or forms of gods or religions, no other thing, no one, say no one, one. comprehends the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. So the Spirit of God, meaning the Holy Spirit, is the only one, because remember, he's a person, comprehends the things of God, and he reveals them to us. How do I get to know the things of God? Got to know the Spirit. You got to know the Holy Spirit. You got to know him. You got to walk with him. You got to walk after him. You got to build a relationship with him. Right here. Now, we have not received the spirit of this world, but the spirit is from God. Notice there's two different spirits. There's the spirit of this world and the spirit of this age. Come on. And many people who are even believers are walking still to the spirit of this world. That's what we would call the flesh. And that's what we call the mind because we know that the enemy, Satan, only attacks the mind. Right? How does he attack you? Does he attack your spirit? No. He attacks your mind. Because if he can attack your mind, then he can affect your emotions. He can, attack, he can affect your feelings. He can affect your pers- uh, perspective of who God is and of who you are. And ultimately, it can cause you to yield your life into going into sin. Going into depression. Going into loneliness. Going into anger. Going into pride. Going into suicide. We're not playing a game here. There are people's lives at stake. I don't know you today. Not every single one of you. I don't know where you are today. I don't know how you see God. And I'm only halfway through this, and it's fine. I'll finish it next week. I haven't even finished the story. So there's a part two for next week, okay? I might have time to go through all of it. But just where we are right now, the Holy Spirit is in you. How many know that? He dwells in you. Where does he live? Does he live here? No. Does he live in my body? No. He lives in your spirit. He dwells in your spirit. He inhabits your spirit. The Bible says that when I pray in the spirit, that the Holy Spirit, come on, Romans 8, he's interceding for me. There's intercession made by the Holy Spirit on behalf of me. Unto God. And that he will reveal what God says to me to where? My spirit. Say it this way. I'm a spirit man that lives in a body that has a soul. That's the flow of my life. That's the flow of now being a new creature in Christ Jesus. You're no longer what you see in the mirror. You can beautify it, Botox it, (laughs) trim it, cut it, do everything you want to, but that is not who you are. It is a natural thing, and let me help you, honey. Today, we're all going to get older one day, and it's all going to go into the ground. So the reality is, if we put more effort and time into our physical than spiritual, there's something wrong. Thank you for listening to today. If you are wanting more of these timely messages and teachings, Go to our website at Pursuit Church Mornington to find all the other ways you can access Pursuit Church ministry and messages.